A new book reveals how to recognize and defeat the evil of communism and other totalitarian regimes like Putin's Russia. The Triumph of Good, Cain, Abel, and the End of Marxism, with commentary by the author, Thomas Cromwell. Chapter 1. The Crisis in Today's World. Marxism and Critical Theories Are Destroying Civilization. Despite the collapse of the Soviet Union and other communist regimes at the end of the 1980s and beginning of the 1990s, communism itself has not disappeared and in some respects is now stronger than ever. Given its immense wealth, communist China is now more powerful than the USSR ever was. It is able to closely monitor its own people and brutally crack down on dissidents while expanding its pernicious influence throughout the world. And while the West played a critical role in the collapse of the Soviet bloc regimes 30 years ago, this success bred complacency and blinded the world to the spread of Marxist and neo-Marxist theories. These destructive ideologies are now established in a wide array of academic and social institutions, major media outlets and government bureaucracies. Government bodies, including the military, educational institutions, and even capitalist corporations are now teaching neo-Marxist critical theories, such as critical race theory, queer theory, and intersectionality, all in the name of social justice. More sinister, governments and institutions are punishing people and organizations that do not conform to critical theory-based policies even though these theories clearly undermine the foundations of traditional religion-based civilization, especially the nuclear family, and sow chaos and confusion throughout society. In America, the reality of this alarming development is now all too evident. The traditional values of America's founding, as enshrined in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, are suddenly no longer sacrosanct. Leftist ideologues and their allies in big media, big tech, Hollywood and Wall Street are now aggressively pushing their destructive agendas. They have largely taken over the Democratic Party and intimidated the Republican Party, enabling them to get their issues translated into government policy. On the streets, their activists attack innocents, burn cities and loot private businesses. The presidential election in 2020 brought the American crisis into sharp focus. It exposed the power of the leftist alliance as well as its ability to manipulate mass media and social media and to suppress dissenting voices through cancel culture. Combined with sophisticated data manipulation and voter fraud, the left managed to secure the presidency. For many Americans, this was a long overdue wake-up call. They suddenly realized that the unthinkable was unfolding before their very eyes, and that the future of their country as founded was in jeopardy of being destroyed by the radical left. With great foresight, in 1798, John Adams warned of just such a danger. He said, Our Constitution was made only for a religious and moral people, 
It is wholly inadequate for the government of any other. Close quotes. More recently, in 1987, President Ronald Reagan warned that America's foundational values have to be constantly fought for. And I quote, Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same, or one day we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was like in the United States when men were free. End quote. News section. The threat of the Chinese Communist Party. The loss of traditional civilizational values that is so evident in the rise of leftist ideologies is not only responsible for growing social chaos, but also serves to lower the nation's guard against the aggressive expansionism of the Chinese Communist Party. The CCP has shown itself adept at buying its way into vital institutions in America and other strategically important countries around the world. Once ensconced, it corrupts officials and weakens their resistance to Chinese propaganda and subversion. In this very dangerous trend, venal individuals and interests in educational, media and political institutions, as well as corporations, are selling out their countries to this ultimate external enemy. When the influence of these corrupt people and entities shapes government policies, the future of the nation is indeed in jeopardy. In America, this harmful process is currently concentrated in the Democratic Party, which is adopting ever more radical policies, policies that strike at the religious and moral foundations of the nation, and are therefore both inimical to the Founders' intent and conducive to Chinese subversion. New Section of the Political Pendulum Problem Given these alarming developments and the warnings of great leaders like Adams and Reagan, how can people of principle and conscience respond to the destruction of American values from the inside and the rising threat of communist China from without? The instinctive response of conservatives who see these dangers is to call for a return to traditional American and broader civilizational principles and values. But while the return to tried and true traditions is clearly advantageous, recent history has shown that this response is insufficient to solve the problem of endless political oscillations from right to left and back again. The truth is that this political pendulum does not maintain true political equilibrium. As the 2020 American elections demonstrated all too clearly, the left is gaining so much influence in society that it is fundamentally changing norms. This influence is translating into the federal government granting itself powers that far exceed the scope envisioned by the founders and threatens to transform America into an authoritarian state. More and more proof of this creeping power grab by the bureaucracy is coming to light as we learn that the institutions established to protect our rights have actually been engaged in subverting them on behalf of political interests, notably the Department of Justice and the FBI. 
If elections can no longer be relied upon to pull the country away from the leftist precipice, America could be dragged into Marxist socialism or even communism, even though these systems destroy representative governments and the freedoms they secure. It was this terrifying realization that caused so many righteous Americans to recoil in dismay from the corruption of traditional American values that they witnessed in the 2020 election. The challenge is to find a solution that does not merely give us another brief respite from the seemingly inexorable ratcheting up of influence from the left that occurs when the Democratic Party is in power, but which finally and fully exposes the falsehoods of the leftist promises and provides an effective and durable alternative. Thus we need more than a generational solution, let alone a quick political fix after a lost election. We must permanently bring the political pendulum of history to rest on the side of what is good and right. A new section. A durable solution. Returning to the past and tradition is no longer an effective or sufficient response to the challenge posed by the left. By this time, it is evident that leftist ideologies have made deep inroads into civilized society due to the inability of civilization itself to provide a coherent and effective resistance to them. As in all contests, success comes eventually to the party with the best strategy and most effective plan of action. In the context of left versus right, this means that ultimate success will be achieved by the side that has the better prescription for social ills and can therefore offer the best path towards the realization of a world of enduring goodness and justice. As we have noted, it was the inadequacies of the Christian church and its inability to provide a path to a heavenly kingdom on earth that opened the door for Marxism with its promise of an earthly utopia and that although Marxism and its offshoots have never succeeded in delivering on their promises, they nevertheless continue to spin a web of lies and deceptions that lure both the naive and the cynical power seekers to their cause. New section, Communist Deceptions. The Communist Manifesto was remarkably blunt about its author's hatred of capitalism, religion, and the family. Being that candid, however, was not a very clever way to win support in societies primarily raised on Christian values, and over time the communists realized that they had to disguise their real intentions behind idealist language and fine promises. Thus Lenin sold revolution to war-weary Russian workers, soldiers and peasants with a promise of peace, bread and land. Nevertheless, for more than a decade after the Russian Revolution, communist parties around the world invested much of their energies in attacking political and ideological rivals rather than enticing people with what the masses wanted. This changed in 1934, when the Comintern, the Communist International, which was responsible for managing Moscow's relations with affiliated parties around the world, dramatically reversed course. It launched the Popular Front policy, 
which would be pursued through World War II and throughout the Cold War. The concept of the Popular Front was to use non-communist organizations to advance the communist, and in particular Soviet, agenda. The German Communist Party had made the mistake of attacking the ruling Social Democratic Party, the SPD, as fascists during elections in 1932, thereby splitting the vote on the left and making way for Hitler and the Nazis to take power. Thus, the first objective of the Popular Front was to form an anti-fascist alliance that would be led by communists. This long-term strategy was broadened into the United Front approach to secure, often unwitting, support for world communism from a wide range of individuals and groups dedicated to altruistic purposes. The range of humanitarian issues grew to include human rights, world peace, detente, the anti-war movement, nuclear disarmament, the environment, and even ecumenism. Thus, organizations with inspiring names and ostensibly laudable objectives, such as the World Peace Council and the World Council of Churches, consistently promoted Soviet policies due to the influence of Moscow. The deception of the United Front's strategy was particularly insidious, since within Soviet bloc countries themselves, human rights were virtually non-existent, free speech was not allowed, and no authentic religious, humanitarian, or peacemaking activities were permitted. New section. And those deceived. Nevertheless, many of the most upright and conscientious people on earth have believed communist propaganda and dedicated themselves to leftist causes, convinced that they are working to build a better world. To make these personal commitments to the communist cause, they must accept the veracity of the promises made by the left. As early as the 1920s, a number of leftist Americans looked to Russia for an alternative to their own capitalist system, even though the Coolidge administration's laissez-faire approach, laissez-faire, hmm. as early as the 1920s, a number of leftist Americans looked to Russia for an alternative to their own capitalist system, even though the Coolidge administration's laissez-faire approach to business resulted in burgeoning prosperity and unemployment rates as low as 1 and 2 percent. Some of those who visited Russia brought back mixed reports. Honest appraisals described the tottering economy and widespread poverty and oppression. But the Russians knew how to deceive their visitors giving them VIP treatment that they likely never tasted back home, even as they carefully controlled what the visitors were allowed to see. One man eager to find Russia better than America was W.E.B. Dubois, a leading American civil rights author and founder in 1909 of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, the NAACP. Dubois believed that capitalism was the main cause of racism and therefore believed in socialism. After a 1926 visit to Russia, he expressed his admiration for the Soviet system, and I quote, I stand in astonishment and wonder at the revelation of Russia that has come to me. I may be partially deceived and half informed, but if what I have seen with my eyes and heard with my ears in Russia is Bolshevism, then I am a Bolshevik, end quote. Dubois would win the Lenin Prize in 1959 
indicating that the Soviet Union was well pleased with the work he was doing for their cause. Another example of committed American communists clinging to his faith in the party, despite decades of evidence that communism was an evil system, is focusing on Pete Seeger, who lived from 1919 to 2014. In the 1960s, Seeger famously inspired the civil rights and peace movements with his crusading songs and activism. But earlier, in 1939, when he was a young man and Hitler entered into an alliance with Stalin, the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact, Seeger campaigned for America to remain neutral and not support Britain and its allies, even after Germany and then Russia had invaded Poland. Then a few years later, in 1941, when Hitler turned on Stalin and invaded Russia, Seeger reversed himself 180 degrees. He now advocated for America to support the Allies against Germany because Russia now needed American help to fight Hitler. In other words, Seeger put the interests of the Communists and Stalin above those of his own country. He never abandoned his attachment to Communism, even after Khrushchev in 1956 revealed details of Stalin's reign of terror. New section, Addressing Communist Deception The problem is then, that while Marxism and other leftist ideologies provide an atheistic roadmap to their idea of utopia, albeit often deceptively wrapped in the language of altruism, Christianity and other religions and spiritual philosophies go only so far in setting out a credible alternative to these ideas. Thus, despite Marxism's unspeakably evil legacy, the Christian foundations of Western civilization have as yet been unable to expose and decisively defeat the Marxist utopian myth in the West, and in the East the Asian traditions of Buddhism, Taoism and Confucianism have likewise been unable to stop and reverse the spread of the Marxist-Maoist utopian myth. The implication is clear. The movement to counter and defeat the left needs to adopt a more robust and effective spiritual ideology. This new ideology must expose the lies and deceptions of Marxism and Neo-Marxism and provide a comprehensive alternative, an alternative that goes beyond the political dimension to embrace ideological and spiritual dimensions of truth. Ultimately, a new spiritual ideology must be fully aligned with divine providence and show the way to establishing a good and just society on earth. New section. A spiritual ideology is needed. We believe that the main purpose of a spiritual ideology is to explain good and evil and to show how good can triumph over evil. These two diametrically opposed categories of human behavior are often interpreted differently based on differing beliefs and cultural traditions. But in the main, the innate human sense of good and evil is facilitated by conscience and confirmed over time. Indeed, history is a record of conflict between good and evil that reveals the differences between the two. Goodness is the source of all justice, love and peace, while evil is a source of all injustice, suffering and war. The primordial struggle between good and evil has dominated and continues to dominate the lives of individuals and has shaped relationships among people, groups and nations from the beginning. The universality of this struggle is reflected in the broad popularity of storytelling based on it, 
from Homer's epics and Shakespeare's plays to modern westerns and movies like Star Wars. Why do people from all eras and all societies respond to these stories about good and evil? Surely it is because these dramatizations of what are in fact irreconcilable opposites resonate with our sense of what is right and wrong and appeal to our natural desire for good to prevail over evil. Why then are individuals and groups so wed to different beliefs as to what is good and evil? Are these categories only relative? To the extent that our knowledge of truth is always partial, there are bound to be differences in belief. These differences are deepened by education in opposing schools of thought, especially those based on materialist rather than spiritual principles. In an age of science, there should be less and less disagreement over important elements of the truth. Yet here, precisely, is where the theories of the left are problematic. They typically claim to have science on their side when in fact they don't. Thus, for example, Marx and Engels claim to have invented scientific socialism, and radical environmentalists today claim to enjoy the support of a scientific consensus. Both claims are false, as we will discuss in later chapters. News section. Today's conflicts are rooted in ideology. Today, the world is facing ever more bitter conflicts caused by a moral divide that is tearing apart modern societies. This division reflects fundamental differences in how the two sides view human existence and purpose. In most modern states, both sides of the political divide claim to be guided by generally accepted norms of personal freedom and democratic government, but in fact the growing ideological conflicts point to very different beliefs about good and evil. To resolve these conflicts, it is necessary to get beyond vapid platitudes claiming both sides are equally valid and recognize the very different outcomes produced by two very different ideologies that are at the root of societal divisions. The impetus of the left to reconsider its moral positions should come from the undeniable barbarity and economic failures of the socialist regimes in the 20th century. Both Hitler and Stalin established totalitarian regimes that inflicted unprecedented suffering on their own people and their enemies. Once crushed by the Allies, Nazism itself was put on trial at Nuremberg and has since become synonymous with evil to most people. Socialism and communism, however, are more durable, and even though they are responsible for far worse crimes against humanity, have never been held to account. From Vladimir Lenin, Joseph Stalin, Nikolai Ceausescu and Fidel Castro in the West, to Mao Zedong, Kim Il-sung, Pol Pot and Ho Chi Minh in the East, Brutal communist dictators are simply treated as historical figures of interest. Until humanity faces the truth of communism and its history and forcefully condemns it, we can expect more people to be deceived by it. Although the sins of the right pale next to those of the left, it is nonetheless important to acknowledge that the record of the right has often been shameful. Religious principles have been distorted to justify everything from slavery and the Crusades to the horrors of the Inquisition. And religious individuals and organizations have often supported evil ideas and regimes, including everything from torture to terrorism, 
often in the name of dubious ambitions such as jihad or simply the political pragmatism of self-preservation. The purpose of a spiritual ideology is to establish an intellectual and moral framework for separating good from evil and permanently replacing atheistic theories with the truth. Good and evil are abstract concepts that nevertheless produce very real consequences when acted on. Indeed, given our imperfect and conflicted state, we may not be able to recognize the differences between them until the results of the actions they cause become visible. Thanks to conscience, the moral values of individuals and societies have been able to evolve over time, resulting in advances in civilization. This is an encouraging sign, and it offers us the hope that the moral relativism of our experience can lead us to an absolute standard of morality, a standard that can secure the absolute dominance of good. After all, if there were no moral absolutes, there would be no hope of ever eliminating evil and replacing a world of injustice, suffering and war with one of justice, goodness and peace. The divergence between spiritual and materialist ideologies is rooted in opposite beliefs about the origin and purpose of life and our existence. In the next chapter, we will seek to compare theistic with atheistic beliefs in regard to the origin of life and answer the basic questions. What is the purpose of our existence and how can we fulfill that purpose? End of the chapter.